Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. And today, I am so excited to welcome my friend and colleague, Dr. Carolyn Parcells. Carrie, I'm, there's so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> and we're going to have to like focus because, you know, you got- Which is hard two, for me. Well, you got, you got two <laughs> intense ADD adult women who are- passionate about the subject. So lots to talk about. But um, what we're going to talk about today is really like you're a physician, you're Mm -hmm. a pediatrician. And I encourage you to read the show notes with her bio because there's lots of great information, but you know, I think bios are boring to read. So we're not going to read it. We're just going to talk about it. And you have really created a specialized practice in your in your corner of the world around supporting what we like to call complex kids. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what you do with families of complex kids and and how you came to be doing this work. Sure. So my practice is called Girls to Women in Young Men's Health and Wellness. Slow down and say that again. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Our practice is called Girls to Women and Young Men's Health and Wellness. We started originally as an, uh, an adolescent medicine practice for young women, and we've expanded to include children of all genders, all gender identities. And in that practice, we've always had a heart for taking care of adolescents and young adults in a whole holistic way, Yeah, taking care of their physical health, their mental health, all of the things. Right. And in that, as a result, we do end up taking care of quite a few complex kids. For me, myself, I have ADHD, which is usually pretty clear pretty quickly. Uh, as, <laughs> which is why I right? said, slow down and say it again. Right, exactly. We know this, right? Um, but also I have a learning disability myself. And so, and it, these are things that also run in my family pretty significantly. So as a complex kid myself, I have a real heart for for these patients and these kids and these families. And now as a mom, I always had a heart for it even before I had my own children. Then I became a mom. Right. And God looked down and said, I'm going to give you some empathy. Yeah. And so now (laughs) in addition to, right. In addition to taking care of these complex kids, I really understand just how much, how important it is to really care for the parents and the family as a whole as well. And so that's kind of why we ended up doing what we're doing. Well, you know, I was doing a presentation at the Apsar conference, which you were lovely to help me support me through. And one of the things I talked about is if you're only treating the child, when you're dealing with a complex child, then you are not addressing the whole situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So what's important here about, you know, what part of what we wanted to talk about is what does comprehensive treatment look like for any of these kids, regardless of their diagnosis, whether it's ADHD or anxiety, learning disabilities, what does it mean to really treat them holistically or comprehensively? Right. And I think that's so important because you have to look at each child, even if you have five kids with the same diagnosis on paper, right? Anxiety and ADHD, for example, all five of those children are going to look differently. All five of those children are going to have, they may have some similar challenges, but they're also going to have some different challenges. They're going to have different family dynamics. They're going to have different resources, right? So a, a complete, to me, a, a complete comprehensive treatment plan looks at everything. It looks at are, is medication something that would be beneficial for this child? And if so, what? What are the behavioral therapies or behavioral modification or counseling modalities that would benefit this child? What are the parent supports needed? Do the parents need counseling for themselves? Because or, I'm going to interject or coaching. Well, I was getting there. Okay. (laughs) But what I was going to say is that I think oftentimes I have to tell my parents, I'm like, you're allowed to take care of yourself. This is hard for you too. So what are the kind of mental health supports that we need? Then what are the other, like you said, coaching, does the child need coaching? Does the family need coaching? Do the parents need coaching? Is it yes, all of the above, right? What are the academic or work supports that are needed and how do we obtain that? What is the education that is needed? for everyone involved. And that's one of the places, honestly, I think there's, there's a lot that coaching, you know, this, I'm a big fan of the coaching. There's a lot that coaching can, can help with. But I think one of the things that can be so important that anybody can provide, but oftentimes they don't get until I get them in with coaching is the education. Mm, yeah. Right. I mean, we do that. And a lot by that, you clinic. mean an accommodated edu- environment in school? No, what, what do I you mean, mean is by education. education? Thank you. Let me, yeah, let me clarify. What I mean is education as to what is going on with the child and how that affects the family, right? We are very lucky in our clinic that we get to spend a lot of time with our patients. So we do do a lot of the education. And one of the things that I found and that my families kind of oftentimes give us feedback on is how important and how much of a difference just simply understanding what their child's diagnosis was, what it actually meant, what it meant for their functioning, what it meant for their family, how much of a difference that made in helping them to reframe, mm-hmm. right? And helping yeah. them to show up better and helping them to feel less shame and guilt about what was going on with their children. The kids have told me that this is incredibly helpful for them. And you know, that can happen anywhere that can happen with a physician that can happen with a counselor that can happen with a coach that can happen with a teacher, but it just, it often doesn't. Right. Right. I was thinking about a client who came to me once. And and as we started the session, I was working with a couple, they said, you know, our teenage daughter would like to come talk to you. And she comes into the zoom room and she says, I just want to say, thank you. I mean, it was just one of those moments. And it's because what, what happened was when the parents got the support and they were actually getting support for a younger child, it changed the way they were communicating with their 16-year-old and changed Absolutely. the whole dynamic when it came to applying to colleges. Absolutely. And so the 16-year-old came in to say, thanks for helping my parents chill out a little bit and find right? a different approach. So there's a parent support piece that's about educate, well, not just parent, educating everybody about what's really happening with the kids' issues, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. 
And so, and that's not just giving them a website, but really getting some support and and understanding the nuances. Exactly. And I think there's things like, you know, there's books and of course, podcasts and, you know, things like that, that can help to provide that information. But I still feel like there's not, it's still not the same as sitting face to face with somebody who actually knows your child and knows you and can actually speak to not just in general, this is what these things mean or can mean, but this is what I see. And this is what I, it means for you. Right. And, you know, and in the modern world, face-to-face may be in the same room and it may be Zoom to Zoom. Right. 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 Exactly. (laughs) But it's about taking the time to slow down and process what's really going on and understanding it so that you can problem solve and make some conscious decisions around it based on an understanding of what's really happening and not just a fear of what the problem is. Right. Because we hear that diagnosis and we go into panic mode. Right. Something's wrong. What do I do? Right. And so we really want to take the time to slow down and sort of understand, okay, what does this mean in real life? Right. And I think having that, you know, having that time to speak with, again, whether it's a physician or a coach or a counselor, whoever it is, can also really help folks to understand where the gifts are. Yes. With how our complex brains work. Yeah. Because it's, I'm not going to sit here and say it isn't challenging because we all know it is. But there are absolutely gifts to how our brains work. And again, those things can be very individual as well. So again, being able to understand that it's not, like you said, it's not this scary diagnosis. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not, you know, there's some gifts to it. And I think that's one of the things I learned very, very early in my career. In fact, as a first year medical student was the power that sharing my own diagnosis and my own story could have because when your physician sits there and says yeah. to you, I have it too. I have it too. Yeah. I have ADHD and a learning disability. And you see the parents and the kiddo just, you know, the, the shoulders drop. There's yeah. that sigh of relief. That's There's that realization of, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, if a doctor can have these things, right? right. It's not a death kid, sentence. No. Right? And my kid can do what they want to do right? They can find their spot. They can live their dream. And, you know, that's really what every parent really wants. Right. I was, I was talking to a client of mine this morning who is, who's got a particularly complex kid and what she was saying, you know, she's been working with us for a few years. And she said, what's amazing is now not only is she calmer and not yelling anymore because she realized that yelling wasn't actually helping the situation, but the permission to play to the strengths, to focus on the child's strengths really allowed her to stay in relationship with her daughter so that there's not this this discord, this friction that's happening because they're still, even though things don't always go the way she wants and there's all these complications, yeah. the, the foundational relationship is there because of that strengths-based approach. Yeah. And I think that's, we actually take a strengths-based approach in our clinic um, right. and that's with our forms, with everything. But what's really interesting is I didn't really think about it that way until you just said that in terms of giving people permission to play to their child's strengths, which is really what we should be doing for every child. Right. right. But the but performance paradigm stuck. tells us we yes. should focus on what's broken. And right? we get stuck on, we get stuck on these concepts of what parenting means and what it means to be a good parent. Right. Right. And, you know, focusing on those things as opposed to focusing on what's, what really is the strength of our child, our own children and playing to that. Yeah. Well, and I can speak to that so clearly that, that all of my kids have complex issues and 
had we not played to their strengths, I don't think they would be as successful as they are now because they would have had this notion. And this is, let's talk about this a little bit, that they were broken. I I mean, I was just having a conversation with one of my kids last night that was just sort of reminding them, you are not broken. You are extraordinary and fabulous and have all these gifts. And sometimes you also have challenges. Yes. And that's a shift. That's a paradigm shift. It is. It is. And it's, I see that a lot in my clinic. And I see that actually interestingly more with my patients, I feel like, than with the parents. That when we start talking about the diagnosis, or especially when we start talking about medication, right? Mm -hmm. They have this, they have this concept that medication means something's wrong, something's broken. And, and that's why I have to have medicine, which I, I understand that concept, right? Because that is kind of our Western concept of medicine. But, you know, we do a lot of kind of reassurance and talking about just that, that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed, right? We're not trying to change you or change who you are. We're trying to help you be your best self and help your brain work at its best. The way I describe the medicines and how they should, in an ideal world, if we find the right thing for you, what we're looking for and what we we want from the medicine, I always tell them it's like your superhero and this is your origin story. And every superhero had their superpower at some point in time was thought to be bad or evil or dangerous by themselves or by society or by their family. And some superheroes just have to learn how to harness their power and control it. But some superheroes, my favorite example is Cyclops, can't do that on their own. Cyclops has laser beams flying out of his eyeballs, right? Without any assistance, that could be incredibly dangerous and destructive. So Cyclops has his visor. His visor, though, very importantly, does not take the laser beams away. It doesn't eliminate the laser beams. It gives him the power over when he uses them and how he uses them. It gives Mm. him the control over his superpower. So what I tell my kids is that, you know, ideally what we're looking for from the medicine is not for it to change your personality or who you are, how you feel, or take away any of your energy or creativity or the way you think differently. It's to give you the control and you the power over how and when you use those gifts. Mm, I right. love that so, so much. Yeah. And, and I really want parents listening to hear that, that our goal is not to fix our kids. Our goal is to help them understand themselves well enough so that they can begin to learn how to harness their strengths and, and manage their challenges. Exactly. In, in a nutshell, exactly. that's what it's all about, right? That's it. And so we do that with education and we do that with, with counseling and with coaching and with accommodations in a school environment or finding a, the right placement for a school exactly. environment. There are a lot of ways that we set the stage for this. Yep. Yeah. But that's the goal. The goal is not for them to perform a certain way, right? The goal is for them, as you say, to perform at their, to like, to reach their best, whatever mm-hmm. that is for them. For them to be them. For them to be them. And, and, you know, that's as a parent, now that you've got kids in in this realm too, we had this notion of who they were going to be before we had them. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And so there can be a little bit of challenge in letting them be them. There can be. And, you know, one of my favorite things, um, one of our founding partners with our group, uh, Dr. Dana Rubin Reamer said to me one time, she said, you know, what she really tries to communicate to parents 
is to parent the child you have, not the child you wanted or the child you thought you had. Right. Right. Yeah. And that really rung true to me um, even before, you know, raising my own monkeys. And I thought, I think that's a really, a really good message. And yet, you know, as a parent, I feel like sometimes we don't feel this goes back to that word permission. Mm. We don't feel like that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Like we're supposed to, we're supposed to conform the child to some box instead of saying, well, this, this kid's outside that box. (laughs) I, we our joke in our house, um, which actually came from a wonderful educator who knows my family well and, and educates at a school for, for complex kids. She once told me when I said, I didn't want a school that would make my child fit in a box. She was like, Oh honey. She's like, I know your family. Y'all can't find the box with a map and a compass. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because it's true and we're okay with it. Yeah. Well, and you know? so that's the thing. So part of comprehensive treatment, if we circle back around to that is about finding the path to be okay with parenting the child you have, not yes. the parent, not the child that your neighbor yes. has, or your sister-in-law says you should have, or regardless of all the messages we get from family, friends, schools, society, etc. Yeah. So what are some, some concerns that you hear from parents that, that might be helpful for them to understand in this conversation, in the context of this? As far as kind of comprehensive treatment and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I think most of the concerns, so when it comes to non-medication treatment, most of the concerns I hear are simply concerns about time commitment Mm. and and financials because it is tough. And unfortunately, one of the things we need to fix in our system is that a lot of these things are not covered by insurance. Yeah, we're not covered by insurance for most people. And, and, you know, there's not a lot, some, some, depending on where you live, some of these resources may not be available or at least not in person. So that's one of the concerns I often hear, but the, probably the most I hear is about the medications, mm -hmm. of course. And there's still, you know, we've made some progress, but there's still a lot of misconceptions and myths and fears about the medications we use for ADHD. Yeah. So those are kind of the main things. And I think oftentimes it is, you know, it's coming from obviously a place of love and concern. You know, they, they want to make sure they're not putting their child at undue risk. They want to make sure that, that they're making the best choices for their children. What's interesting to me though, is, you know, some of the things in particular that I hear are things like basically feeling like medication is a cop-out or a last resort. Yeah. Well, and I think that that message I don't know about you. I've had this conversation with several clients this week. That message carries through to us as adults. It Um, absolutely does. You know, as those of us who are dealing with these issues every day, when I look at that, that pill and Mm -hmm. I take medication to help Mm -hmm. manage my ADHD every day, I ask myself, do I really need this? Mm -hmm. Do you do that too? Mm -hmm. I I don't anymore. Right. Because I finally found what worked for me after six years. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and I, so I understand years, the challenges. <laughs> 15 years I've been doing right. this and I still, there's still this niggling part of me that says, and then I go back and right. I like, remember that what it's like when I'm not. And, and it's not a panacea, right? It doesn't right. fix everything. It no. just, it rounds the corners to help me manage all of the stuff that I'm managing it, so much more effectively. It helps me to be 
frankly, a happier person, Mm, a more present mom. Yeah. A more less emotionally regulated mom. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes the rest of my house more emotionally regulated. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, my, again, it's like, I joke that God kind of looked down at me and went, oh, we're going to give you some empathy, my friend. Cause I was actually diagnosed when I was 17, which was pretty, pretty yeah, early back then. Yeah. And I refused medication and I refused medication for the same reasons that my patients and my parents are hesitant to start medications. I didn't want to yeah. use it as an excuse or a crutch. I was concerned about side effects all of those things. It felt like I was saying, I can't, I can't do it on my own when I should be able to do on my own. And, and don't yet, get me started on the shoulds. Diagnosed with nearsightedness, you never would have denied glasses. I can't see without my contacts. Right. I would not even I be can't... able to see this computer. And of course I wear my contacts. Right. And in fact, I was really without even because, thinking about it. Right. My mother actually, it was completely my decision. My parents were actually really supportive. My mom's always loved the analogy of if you were a diabetic, would you not take your insulin? Right. Right. And that and this yet. is no different. And yet. So, so we're dealing with this world of, of, of there's a whole level of stigma that we're not going to resolve today that, but we're going to, we're going to put a little, right. just another crack a in it. Bit. Right. Yeah. We need to start wrapping up our conversation, believe it or not. So I want to go back to this notion before we wrap with, with sort of comprehensive treatment. So there's education for the parent. Mm-hmm. There's potentially medication support for the kid kid, teen, young adult, whatever age we're dealing with. Often adult because it's friends and families just going to say that real quick. Yep. This is how many of us were identified. So part of that. So what else, like, you know, we've talked, we've sort of referenced uh, behavior training, right? What else is part of comprehensive treatment that we want to make sure we hit. Sure. So, so we've so, talked about one more thing I want to mention. So there was medication, there's basic education about the, the condition you're dealing with, and then there's an accommodated school environment. Those are things right, we've kind of established right. clearly. Um, and I think to kind of, to, to kind of wrap up background and, and to be more clear, the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations by age, I think are pretty solid. And that's, you know, ages four to six, you start with classroom accommodations and parent training parent behavioral uh, training. And then from ages about, and then if you need medication, you start, you, you add medication from ages pretty much six, six on to, six to 12, <laughs> and six and to 12, 12 to 18, and then yeah. 12 to 18. But you know, then medication is considered first line in addition to classroom accommodations and parent behavioral modification training is the specific training that is recommended. And then as they become teenagers, it's still medication and classroom accommodations, but then more turning towards the kid, right. And, and giving them more training and coaching. And then of course, as they get into adulthood work accommodations, coaching, and of course, counseling as needed the counseling to be clear, the counseling itself. And I'm sorry, those are for kids with ADHD. Cause I know we're talking about kind of complex kids in general. That's the AAP recommendations for, for ADHD in general, but I think it really applies across it the applies board for well. complex kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Agreed. And I think, you know, the counseling piece, counseling in and of itself doesn't address ADHD. It mm. doesn't address autism. It can address anxiety. It can address depression, depression. but it, yeah. it, I do find that it often is helpful for folks in, in all of the realm of complexity, because you're still dealing with adjusting. You're dealing with self-esteem issues. You're dealing with processing trauma. Oftentimes there's also, you know, as I mentioned, gender identity issues or, you know, and the families are dealing with 
dynamic issues. So that's where the kind of counseling can come in. And counseling is not going to help your kid organize their backpack mostly. No. Right. And so that's the no. distinction. Like the counseling can become yes. a construct or, or a support structure for, for managing the emotional intensity of having all yes. of this going on. Yes. Yeah. Um, but specifically for ADHD, it's not going to address that organizational no. No. component. That's where, that's where the parent training and the coaching right. really can be invaluable. And what I would add, and, and this is probably another conversation for us to have a, a, another time is how much more we're beginning to see that the older the kids get with teens and young adults, how much, how important that parent role continues to be. Yes. Right. So I've yes. done more work since the pandemic started with parents of young adults than anyone. Yep. And because the kids aren't ready and the relationship's not ready for the kid to get the direct support. So the parents still need to do the work to get the kid or young adult ready to be able to say, yes, I'd like some help and to yes. use it well. Yes. So that's a whole new realm that we I don't need think to we've do got that the one. research on yet. Yes. Um, but from an experiential perspective and, you know, the plural of anecdote is data. So, <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's so fantastic. What I can tell you is that's the shift that I'm seeing in the last yeah. couple of years is a big yeah. trend in that. All right, my friend, we have to wrap this up, which is so hard for us to do because we usually don't have short conversations. <laughs> no, but this has been super, super helpful. And I really appreciate the, the context that you're offering for parents in terms of what does comprehensive treatment look like and what's your role in it? because these kids are not broken. They are extraordinary and fabulous and spectacular, and we can really help them reach their potential, which is really what I'm hearing you say. Yes. So tell parents how they can find out more from you. How can they get more about you? Sure. So our website is www.gtw-health.com. And we'll put and that we in have, the show notes. There you go. GTW-health.com. Yes, ma'am. And we have clinics in Fort Worth, Dallas, and McKinney. So basically the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And if I could just put a little plug in too for the International ADHD Conference, because yeah, that is course. going to be here in Dallas, hopefully, fingers crossed, COVID allowing, um, as well as a hybrid, hopefully, the, I think it's November. This, it's the weekend. It's November, I want to say 17th, 18th, 9th. I might be wrong on that. We're going to say November 22 yeah. and we'll get the sure. details. It's, and it's the weekend the before notes. it's the, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Right. So. so the other thing I'm going to say to people who are listening is if you want to learn more from, from this wonderful physician and hear a really spectacular one hour webinar on medication management for ADHD specifically, we will put a link in the show notes to go to our events page where we always have uh, Dr. Parcell's webinar on medication and ADHD available for a free download for people because it's such a great resource. It's, it's always Thank there you. on our, our events page. So we will add that to the show notes as well. Happy to share it. All right. Tell us as we wrap this up, is there anything else before we kind of close up? Is there anything else you want to share? Make sure our listeners take away from today. Sure. I, you know, when you said kind of talking to parents and about what their role is, I think one of the most important things to know is, is that you are your child's biggest advocate. So what goes along with wanting to help your child be their best self and who they are is then you have to be their biggest advocate. You have to be their, their warrior, right? Their sidekick, if you will, 
in the superhero analogy, but these things do take, unfortunately, still a lot of advocacy and a lot of work on the parts of the parents and time, but it's worth fighting for. And it's worth, it's worth fighting through those stigmas, those looks, the people who are telling you to do it differently. Yeah. Listen to your mom, dar and your dad, dar, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Awesome. Listen to your mom, dar and your dad, dar. I love that one. That will be repeated. (laughs) All right. As we wrap up, we always like to end with a favorite quote or model motto as a kind of a fun wrap. Anything you want to share with our audience? I actually saw one recently that I absolutely loved. It was this meme and it said basically as a way of self-care. Okay. Get weird and keep dancing. <laughs> I love it. And Get and I may change that a dancing. little bit. I'm going to say stay weird and keep <laughs> dancing. Well, that seems totally appropriate coming from you. So, right? <laughs> I love that about you. We're just going to dance through all of it. You know, there's a concept in coaching called dancing in the moment. And it's about oh, just being that. with wherever you are and yep. dancing with whatever's coming at you. So I love that. Beautiful. All right, my friend, thank you. Everybody, thank you for being here for for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. It makes such a difference. My guest has been Dr. Carolyn Parcells, and we've been talking about comprehensive treatment for complex kids. And um, Carrie, thank you for your work in the world and for the presence you bring to the families you support and to all of the rest of us through your spectacular energy and what you model in terms of what we can achieve when we allow our kids to play to their strengths. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being my friend. Ah, Always a pleasure. And again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on the next podcast and we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.